Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, and on Instagram at Kristen Esser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 35. Welcome. Welcome back for my return listeners and welcome to those of you who are new. I've got my cup of tea, which today is PG Tips, which purports to be the number one tea in England. Is this true? I don't know. Pam, if you are listening, let me know. I have my friend Pam from England. She lets me know about all things tea. And as promised before, we will record a segment with her teaching you how to brew a cup of English tea, the perfect cup of English tea. So um, where are we? It's the beginning of October. I really tried to squeak in another podcast before the end of September, but I got to be honest with you. I have been down with a bug for over a week now, and man, it has taken me a long time to bounce back. So if my voice sounds a little weird, I'm not, not 100%. And ironically, this hit me the day that we took the kids back to school. So um, my two older kids, Chloe and Jonah, they go to UC San Diego, both of them. It's very handy. And we actually had to rent a trailer to take them up at the same time. And it was coordinated with military precision, let me tell you. But we um, got them both moved in in record time. And in the past, we probably would have, and, and we have in the past, kind of stretched the day out going, oh, we're not really ready to go yet. <laughs> But this is Chloe's senior year and Jonah's uh, sophomore year. So um, once we were done, we were like, you know what? We're going to hit the road. We took them out to lunch and um, we were out by, I don't know, two or three o'clock. It was great. It was great. There was even a, you know, a trip to Trader Joe's in there to get them both stocked up. This is the first time um, Jonah's in an apartment where he gets to do some cooking on his own. So I don't think he's excited about it, but I'm excited about it for him. But uh, we were able to get back to our high schooler that's still here and take him out to dinner. And it was during that dinner that I said, oh my goodness, I think I've got a sore throat. And man, it went downhill fast from there. So it was like this, I made it through. I'm like the mama tiger. I made it through the big move and all the move in and then completely fell apart. But um, yeah, so kind of bouncing back from that, we kind of tried to enjoy our last, you know, week or so uh, with all three kids at home and that, oh my gosh, we've had three months to do a bunch of things and we haven't done them all. So let's let's cram them in as fast as we can. Um, and one of the things we did was just go out to breakfast as a family, which we don't do very often. And I just had to tell you that somehow the expression, the whole nine yards came up and um, we were like, what does that mean? And we play this game that I actually like I do not enjoy playing it's called origins where it's kind of like a liars game thing where they give you a phrase like a square meal or um I of course I'm going to blank out and somebody writes down the correct answer and everyone else makes up um you know the origins of that phrase and then people vote on them so it's very much kind of like a liars club thing so we were thinking about the whole nine yards like where did that come from obviously like we were thinking it was a football thing. So why is it nine yards? Why isn't it the whole 10 yards? You know, so um, Jonah looked it up and it, it has a whole history where it really didn't catch on to the 60s. But the first um, 
recorded use of it, which is why I'm bringing it up to you, was some sort of a court case in the late 1800s where somebody was upset that they had hired someone to make shirts for them. And the shirts were supposed to be like three yards each, but instead she made one shirt with the whole nine yards. And that is the first recorded use of the expression whole nine yards. So as a sewing related podcast, I had to, I had to uh, pass that on to you. (laughs) Um, So it is definitely fall, even if it's not necessarily cool, but it cools down at night here in California, which is really nice. Um, You know, I might even have to put a blanket on the bed soon. And I'm really like getting that fall gardening energy. I love these transitions um, between seasons. I get that that energy at spring where I start, you know, like going to Home Depot every week. Well, I'm still doing that every Sunday where it's supposed to be, it's like Sabbath. I'm not really supposed to, you know, I, I try not to do a lot of shopping. It honestly doesn't really pan out very well for me because I go sit outside and, you know, the, the yard's looking, you know, not bad. It's pretty nice. But every time I sit out there with a book or some knitting or whatever, I start looking around going, you know, what we need are some more potted plants. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Home Depot and I'll go and I'll one weekend pot some plants. And then another weekend, I was like, you know what, the, the garden's not really working out. So, you know, let's, um, let's rip all the vegetables out and plant flowers, which was actually a little while back, but man, is that looking really good. The, the zinnias are amazing. And I planted these, um, I may have mentioned this before, these bamboo poles in little teepees. And I'm growing sweet pea, the flower, up them. Because if you plant the seeds in August, they should bloom by Christmas. If you don't get them in the ground by August, August is a really good time to start seeds in California because the ground is really warm. And it's still, and it's like, we still have warm months ahead of us. So things can germinate and really get going. So those are going really well. My problem is, even though they have tendrils, they do not want to wrap around the the poles for some reason. So I'm, I'm kind of fighting with them in that way. Um, and then... One day I sat there and said, you know what? I saw these huge, oh, I know, oh, I redid the the, the um, pots on our front porch, which is all shade. And there's just not that exact, you know, excite, many exciting shade plants to put on my porch. So I often choose plants that really require sun and then they, they don't last very long. I mean, I, I, I sort of know that that's going to happen, but I can't, you know, I'm just tired of planting impatience, which is frankly what I did this time. But when I was there, I really wanted to buy for like $15. They have these ginormous things of garden mums. Have you seen them? And they're just in this yellow and orange and, um, you know, that kind of brownie orange, like very autumn colors are so pretty. So I'm like, I want to buy some of those. And so, um, I went another Sunday, I'm like, okay, we, if we bought those, I can put them here and I can kind of create a new little, little, little potted plant area in this section. And I kind of move things around. So I went to Home Depot. So this is apparently my thing on Sundays. I find some reason to go drop at least $50 at Home Depot so that I can continue to tweak my, my outdoor space. So, so that's how I'm getting the fall energy is from the color, not necessarily from the weather. So that's kind of what's going on around here. Just, you know, um, fall colds and fall planting. What's going on where you are? I mean, especially you who are in the Southern Hemisphere as you are transitioning into spring. And so you should be feeling that that energy too um, in, a, in a really good way. I know for a lot of people, fall is the time to just like knock off the gardening, but we have a little bit more time here in California. 
Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns and notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. This month, you can get 20% off of Laundry Basket Favorites fabrics. These are gorgeous linen texture basics that come in beautiful colors. Definitely check them out. Fat Quarter Shop carries all major brands like Moda, Riley Blake, Wyndham, Robert Kaufman, and Art Gallery with the largest selection of Fat Quarter bundles. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they have it. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's talk quilting. I've got some things to report. I have been sewing. It was kind of a slow summer for me, sewing-wise, but I think I'm, I'm finding my, my sewing mojo, my sewing energy. Um, I finished binding the quilt that I'm now calling Scrappy Happy, which is a Bonnie Hunter um, pattern, not by that name. You know, I dug up, when I cleaned out my sewing room recently, because of my fly lady decluttering, I found the, the, the actual pattern, and I should try to, I'll try to dig it up I, and link it in the show notes. I got to be honest with you, sometimes by the time I get to the show notes, I, I lose my will to to be super thorough. But uh, that was great. I was able to bind quite a lot of that in the car um, when we were taking the kids to school. So that's always a really good, good way to do that. Um, I still do need to photograph it sort of from my own records and uh, get that shipped out to the family member that that's going to. And I'm just super happy about that. Again, that was long-armed quilted by, is that the right way to say that? It was long-armed by Sewing Blue, Deanna, um, who she's got another one of my quilts that should be showing up there tomorrow. So just I'm loving that. I did, it did a paisley design. I thought it worked really well on this one. So I'll take some close-ups. Um, I will probably do its own, its own separate blog post instead of the show notes for that because um, it is not photographed yet. And I need some help to go photograph that. I need someone to hold it up and um, I need to go see if I can sneak by. I think it'll be another good one that I can do on the, that yellow building. There's a um, yellow building downtown that is a restaurant and a lot of my quilt photos are taken in front of that. As a matter of fact, I use double-sided tape and I tape things up there and I'm always afraid I'm gonna get caught. I have not so far. That particular um, building is, I wish I could remember it. It's in a commercial that you've probably seen because we're not that far outside of Hollywood. So they definitely use our town and, and lots of towns around here as, you know, as locations. But one day I was um, just flipping through. I don't even see commercials that often, so I'm not sure how I saw it. But it's for a drug. And if you, so if you, if you ever see a guy that is playing guitar on um, the porch of, it was, it's a house that they converted into a restaurant. So if you see a, a guy playing like acoustic guitar in this yellow building, and it's some drug that uh, that starts with a C, I think. <laughs> then that's the building. That's the building that I um, use. As a matter of fact, on that same street, it's called High Street here in Moore Park. We have this um, very old-fashioned theater. It was like a um, a melodrama for a long time, and um, they did a whole Disney thing called uh, Magic Camp. I don't know if that movie ever came out, but they completely like sort of redid the inside of that from Magic Camp. And across the street from that is this old-fashioned railway station that an episode or two of My Name, My Name is Earl was filmed at. Um, so anyways, we get that kind of stuff around here every so often. The other thing that I've been working on is um, I sewed up a quilt for Quilt Market for Lucienne. That's the Madame Fleur line by Jera from Quilting in the Rain. Man, is that enough like qualifiers to that? Um, 
And I, I learned something about myself that I guess maybe I knew before, I don't know, that um, I do so much better when I have a deadline. So I feel guilty sometimes that people sometimes keep like Minky sometimes gives me fabric. And if I don't have like this needs to be sewn for market or a blog hop or whatever, sometimes, you know, what happens is I get analysis paralysis on a pattern and then I do nothing. And so this, because there was a, um, a deadline, I got right on it and I actually, um, used a pattern that I had done before. I, I use the word pattern, but it's, it's like not so much a pattern as an idea, which is a triangle and a square block that forms diamonds. Um, and I did a, a quilt like this that was in Love Patchwork and Quilting a few years ago with um, Corey Yoder's line Sundrops. And I gave that quilt away and I loved it so much. It was all oranges and, and peaches and yellows and grays. Totally really not my color palette, but it was my sister-in-law's color palette. And that's the family that I gave it to. Um, but it, it came out really cute. So I thought I would do the same thing. And it was called Let the Light In. And the and and several people have made this quilt and they tagged me on Instagram. And so, you know, you kind of use the whole line, but you put the light colored parts of the line in the center and in the, in the dark on the edges diagonally. And um, so I laid that out. I have to tell you, as I am want to do, I had a whole crisis over whether or not I've really misread this line. And this was this really the best pattern to use for this line. And um, yeah, I had a whole whole crisis of confidence, but I stuck with it. I kept tweaking it. And actually, I think it came out really cute. Um, I again, miscalculated the fabric that I needed for the back, which what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, Kristen? I tell you, every pieced quilt back that I've done is because I, I miscalculated. And I thought that I would have done it right this time because um, I used the toile again, because I love toile. And you need a little extra because you have to do that. You have to do a seam, a, a seam. What direct, can you see my hands right now? That's vertically. <laughs> so it takes a little more because there's kind of waste fabric on this extra fabric on the sides if you do it that way. Um, but I just, I didn't give enough for the quilting. It was so dumb. So I ended up doing a row of diamonds in the back. And I had a whole crisis about how I did that too and whether it was the right thing. And I'm still not 100% sure that I did the right thing. But it is what it is. And it's at the it's on its way to the quilter right now. So um, I just need to make some binding. But I whipped that sucker up while I was sick. I, first of all, I made a bunch of the, the, the triangle and the square blocks. And then... Um, I tried to lay it out in EQ8, but I didn't feel like the fabric was reading correctly. You know how you can import fabric images into EQ8. So I ended up just using solid colors to represent the colors. And so it worked and it didn't work because I didn't quite nail the shades right. And so things where I thought, oh, that looks too strong. It really wasn't. But I spent days tweaking the layout on it. But once I had that, the layout nailed man it was chain piecing heaven and I did a really good job of stacking my blocks in a, such a way that I could really chain piece it and not screw them up and get them in the wrong place which happens to me a lot but I was really good and accurate about it so that came together I sewed up the whole thing beginning to end in a weekend so that was that was really nice and now I'm working on another I'm gonna blame it on being sick here but um I am doing another project with that line, um, and uh, if you, I'll put, I put it in the last episode show notes. I'll put it again if you want to click over and look at the line. It is super pretty. It's um, Jared tends to do a lot of um, 
reds and greens and um, very nice, you know, uh, off-white and tans. And, and then she throws in other colors. So in this case, there were yellows and greens and even purples. So really pretty. But it just it makes perfect Christmas fabric or holiday fabric because it's not the prints are Christmassy, but the colorways are. So I picked the off-whites, reds, and greens, and I decided to do a lumbar cushion, um, like a Christmas cushion. And I found a, um, a pattern. I just stumbled across it, and I went, yes, that's exactly what, well, that would be perfect. It's called the On Point Pillow by Carry It Away Quilting Tanya. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it's just a super cute pillow. She does a 16-inch square, but mine is a... 12 by 16 lumbar I have that I have the insert for and I love putting it in a certain chair on uh, at Christmas time the one I've used for years is it was a French general Christmas charm mini charm pack that I used and I did this um, pillow that Amy Cinebaldi um, designed years ago it seems like everyone's made them I'll try to find the link for that too if I think of it um, but so anyways I already have the insert and I like to, to switch that out at Christmas time and um, it came out really cute. So I laid, you know, it took me a while to kind of get the the um, alternating red and green. And it's it's like there's squares, but they're on point. It's on point pillow. And um, so it, it looked really cute. And I, you know, tweaked it till I really liked it. And then sewed it together last night. And, um, you know, did the some, you know, sashing on top and bottom to make it to fit correctly. And then I'm quilting it. And all of a sudden I go, wait, why are these two green patches next to each other? That's not right. And when I stood back and looked at it, I had somehow swapped two rows. So I didn't put it together right. And so it kind of screwed up my alternating red and green thing. But the good news is, is the way I did it is that like there's two reds and two greens and then it alternates in the middle. So it, it has it has a symmetry, not the symmetry I was going for. And I thought, you know, you could just make another one, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to embrace the imperfection. When you just like sort of glance at it, which all I think is anyone's going to do is just sort of glance at it and go, oh, pretty. Then I think you're okay. I think I'm okay. So I'll take a picture of that when I'm done. I still need to. I just got the front done and quilted, and I just am going to do um, a, a linen envelope back on it. And um, so it's pretty <laughs> It's cute, but man, I just like my muddled head. I'm just, I'm not doing so good. What else is going on sewing wise? Um, I did another sewing room clean out as part of my Fly Lady Zone 3 decluttering um, a couple weeks ago and um, pulled out more fabric to give away. I, I even pulled out a quilt top. Years ago, I did a little tutorial on how to make a string block and I had a um, a jelly roll of uh, Lucien, I think it's the flower sugar line that I had. And um, so I, I did string blocks using that. And I put it all together and it was cute, but man, it was chaotic. And you know, I'm kind of a simple neutrals girl. So this is like absolutely the opposite of that. And I remember showing it to a friend and she said, I think it's really cute, but I can see how you wouldn't like it. <laughs> and so um, I actually was able to take that thing of fabric and that quilt top and donate them to the local quilt guild in, in Camarillo. And that will become a charity quilt. And that makes me really happy because I do think that the right little girl will think that that is really cute. So um, I was able to just really, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to go through my stash and just get it to a place where I can use it. It's kind of the same idea of when you get rid of things in, in your wardrobe that, you know, your clothes you haven't worn for a year so that when you walk in there, you can immediately see 
what you have to wear well that's how I want to feel about my stash I don't want to look at my stash and immediately see 10 different fabrics that don't make me happy I want everything to make me happy so um so yeah so that's been kind of freeing I should say um, I would like to keep the, the momentum going now um, once well in that quilt's going to come back I'm going to bind it and, and get those projects sent off for market and then I've just really got two more quilts that I want to make that I just you know keep not making the the solids one the rooftop wonders and um, the sweet confetti I think it's called so those are going to you know I'm hoping to kind of keep the 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 my regular sewing habit up here because it just it really does do great things for my sort of mental health and I'm listening to some good books and watching some good shows and and um, which we'll talk about later but that kind of makes me happy um, also did you see I finally got to post about my tea towels that I did for Orophil um, the Orophil artisans are given these challenges every month and um, so the Aura Buzz blog, um, they did a roundup of all the people that chose this embroidery one. And um, I'm doing my very best to not have a complex about how simple my um, project was because it made me happy. But there are some, you know, absolutely mind-blowing projects that were done with um, Aurafil embroidery thread. So you definitely um, want to go check that out. I'll, again, I'll try to remember to put a link in, in the show notes. Let's talk a little bit about knitting. The knitting segment is making a comeback on the podcast. How about that? Also, the other project that I was able to work on in the car as we drive down to San Diego and back is um, some knitting on washcloths or um, dishcloths. I've you know, been mentioning that I've been trying to replenish my supply. I have gotten a little bit of interest in doing a knit along or at least, um, you know, a, a a video for how to do those so that's gonna come soon now that I've got my house back people um, and there you know there's I've got some quiet time here I'll have some um, time to do that I did order some dishy yarn from knit picks so I want to try that I think I talked about that last episode that the um, what's it called uh, sugar and cream uh, the, you know the super cheap cotton yarn it's okay but I'm hoping there's something better so I'm waiting for that to come. And I also ordered sock yarn. I was out of sock yarn. Like I don't have much of a yarn stash at all, um, nor should I. <laughs> I need to be very project-based with that. But I used to have a bit of a backlog of sock yarn, but I have knitted my way through that. So um, that will be making a comeback. And I was able to give those socks. Um, if you saw, I um, posted that I finished those socks they are like they're pretty they're like purple and blue and lavender stripes you got to do the stripe socks right um, I was able to give them to my friend Minky she's been very good to me and it was very fun to uh, give her her very first pair of hand knit socks that she has been coveting all these hand knit socks that she sees so that was fun um, so yeah so I will just uh, keep plugging away on the dishcloths and keep you posted if uh, if I do the knitting video or let's just say when let's just say when I do the knitting video of how to do a very simple dishcloth okay let's talk books I have gone through a lot of books lately a combination of audiobooks and actual reading with my two eyes and that has felt really good I kind of uh, felt like again summer doldrums with the reading but so I need to tell you that I finished listening to still me the last podcast I was very close to the end and I you know I've been pretty lukewarm about it the whole time um and I was like you know I'm pretty sure I know how it's going to end and I'm probably not going to read 
Um, you know, it's the last one in a trilogy. And I read I read the first one years ago and listening to the third one. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to the second one. But um, number one, it didn't end exactly the way I thought it was going to end. So that was exciting. And then Patty emailed me and said, if you haven't finished Still Me, you should go back and read the first one. Or not the first one, the second one. Like then this, the third one will make more sense. And so it was too late. I'd already finished it. Sorry, Patty. But I now am listening to um, the second one in the series, which is called After You. Again, this is a series um, by Jojo Moyes. And I'm about halfway. And it's interesting because I knew a lot of what was going to happen in this book because they mention it in passing in the third book. But it's still it's still really interesting. And this whole series is really growing on me, to be honest with you. <laughs> so um, maybe for you after you and still me, um, I would recommend them. I'm even, I'm only halfway through this one, but I can tell I'm going to like it. So that, that's been fun. I also listened to Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which is a very short read. It's like five and a half hours, as opposed to these like 14 hour books that I'm used to listening to. And oh, by the way, do you know when you listen to an audiobook that you can change the speed? So I can pretty comfortably listen to a book at 1.25 speed. That's as fast as I can make it go um, without it feeling weird or, or, you know, I don't want to have a rushed feeling, but but that's pretty, seems pretty seamless to me. It just kind of takes out the pauses and, and that really can really get you through books a little bit faster. So when Big Magic came out, I know that I got it from the library and I read it. I don't think I finished it. It just, it was like, I don't know, whatever. But this time, it, I just apparently was not in the right headspace for it because I loved the heck out of it this time. As a matter of fact, I am insisting that my daughter read it as a as a writer and you know editor and that kind you know creative all around creative person. I feel like you know she needs to read this as as she's at the beginning. You know, if she's finishing school and going into her career. I think it's got the this the greatest message in it. So if you haven't read Big Magic. Um, definitely check that out. And if it doesn't resonate with you, try it again later, because maybe you just were not in the place you needed to hear it, you know? Um, the other thing, so what I'm uh, reading as an ebook right now is How to Find Love in a Bookstore. I mentioned a few podcasts back that I think it was either free or very cheap. Um, and I am really enjoying it. It is, you know, not, again, you know, it's totally great literature, but it is a fun story um, about um, a grown woman who comes to take over a bookstore that was her father's um, after he passes away. And you get to go back in time to you find out how that bookstore got started and, um, you know, and at the crossroads that she's at now, I am maybe halfway with that one too. So I haven't finished it, but I am enjoying the heck out of it as a, as just a light read. And especially, you know, as a person who likes to read books that center around bookstores, I mean, you just can't go wrong. It seems, you know, it's, it's a little bit reminiscent of um, You've Got Mail in that there's a small bookstore and there's like the evil chain guy that really wants to buy it or an evil businessman that wants to buy it kind of a thing. I don't think there's going to be a romance there. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And then as I was casting about looking for things, I found out that Jeffrey Archer has a new book coming out. I don't think it's come out yet called Nothing Ventured. 
I love Jeffrey Archer. I don't know if you've ever read him. I've read almost everything he's written. I started one that seemed a little derivative of his own work, and I was like, okay, I'm not reading that. But most recently, he did a series called The Clifton Chronicles that I enjoyed the heck out of. I loved every single one of those books. They have ridiculously unmemorable names, so I couldn't even tell you, like, their name's like... There was a man, I think is the name of one of them, but you have to read them in order and they're good. And Nothing Ventured is a continuation of the Clifton Chronicles in a way. It can't continue where it left off. I think it kind of goes back in time again. Um, One of the characters in the Clifton Chronicles is a mystery writer. Um, And this new series seems to be about the 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 author and him writing the books. So that all sounds pretty awesome to me. So those are the things I'm kind of excited about book-wise. And let's move on to uh, TV and movies. I went to see Downton Abbey. Have you seen it? I'm here to tell you that there is, in fact, nothing more compelling in the storyline than the king and queen are coming to lunch, which is what the uh, trailers foretold. (laughs) That said... It was totally enjoyable. I've since read that um, Julian Fellows kind of wanted to give everybody a storyline, and which he pretty much did. So kind of everybody's got a storyline, and they're just all, you know, it's, it's like the show. It's like, you know, I, I guess, you, you know, with a movie, you think there's some big, compelling, overarching thing. And um, this was just a absolutely delightful way to spend two hours with our friends from Downton Abbey. So in no way regret going, but it's not like, oh my God, that was like the best movie I ever saw. Um, it was, but, but Chloe and I went, we had dinner before we went, we wanted to have tea, but the way the timing of the, um, movie was, we couldn't do that. So we went the day before and we had high tea. I should put a picture. I took a picture of Chloe. She looks adorable. Um, and so that was really fun. Saturday night live. Um, Chloe actually sent me, <laughs> The other night, I was sitting in bed reading before I went to sleep on my iPad, and she I get this notification that she sent me something in Messenger, and it was the Saturday Night Live sort of spoof of the Downton Abbey trailer, which was so hilarious. I was laughing so hard at 11 o'clock at night. I was like shaking the bed. I was sure I was going to wake my husband up. I was just like, tears are running down my eyes. So if I think of it, I'll put a link to the show notes of the spoof of it, but um, it was pretty spot on, to be honest with you. So loved Downton Abbey. No regrets there. Um, oh, I haven't watched this, but I wanted to mention, have you seen the whole thing with the very Brady renovation where they take the existing exterior house that they used in the Brady Bunch shots, which the inside was nothing like what the set was, but they turn the inside into the Brady Bunch house. And they've got all six Brady kids, um, you know, that help with different aspects. Well, Marsha Brady... Maureen McCormick, she lives around here and her quilt shop is my local quilt shop, Cotton and Chocolate in Thousand Oaks. And they filmed a segment in there. And um, it's funny because the one day the uh, I got an Instagram notification that the owner had tagged me to show me this little snippet. And so that has been super fun. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm making big promises about what I'm going to put in the show notes here, but we'll see. But you can just, if you just look up the very Brady thing. So anyways, that was pretty fun. Marsha Brady goes to my quilt shop. Um, we finished Discovery, which I love, love, loved. Um, so now we've moved on to thank goodness that as soon 
as we were done with Discovery, my daughter had been clamoring for for us to get our Hulu thing back. So I canceled CBS All Access and got Hulu the exact week that This Is Us was coming back, which was not my plan. But yay, that really worked out well. So are you watching that? The first episode, super weird. I did not understand what was going on. I texted my friend saying, I am 10 minutes into the show and I don't know who these people are. It was a very weird episode. I have to say, I guess not everybody loved it. I was happy with it by the time it got to the end, but I was very confused about what was going on in that. So super excited that that's coming up. Um, and since, so that's my show on my own. Um, so my husband and I, we always need our show, which was Discovery, which we kind of roped Chloe and Jonah into by the end. And they were like, you know, this is actually a really good show. I'm like, I know. So we're watching Stranger Things now. I don't know why I watch Stranger Things. My husband keeps saying, this show is so not you. And it's really not. I guess I just mostly get a kick out of the clothes. And I'm and what's her name? Nancy. There's a character, Nancy. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I had that exact dress. <laughs> so um, th- that is super gory and horror-ish. And I don't know why I'm watching it. So I, I it's because it's a cultural, you know, pop culture phenomenon. Wow. I really butchered that. Pop culture phenomenon. Um. The show that I did really enjoy and I watched, totally binge watched while I was chain piecing that quilt top is Jamestown, which is um, on PBS. And I was just kind of desperate for something to watch. And I do love me some PBS. So, um, you know, I was kind of just poking around that website and um, found out that season three had come out. And in my very Christian way was like, when I see the previously on Jamestown, I'm like, I don't remember some of this. So I had to go back to season two and watch the last episode. I may should, maybe should go back even more because I definitely never watched that last episode. But anyways, I continued on through season three. Um, Jamestown is about the Jamestown settlement. It makes me thankful every single day that I was not a colonist because the whole thing seems horrible and dirty. <laughs> so I just so happy. But I totally, totally enjoyed that. So I don't know if you've checked out Jamestown. Um, and I found out that Poldark is coming back. And I don't know if you've watched that before, but I have um, definitely brought, talked about that in previous episodes. So the final season is coming out here soon. So, you know, I'll keep you tuned in on that one. Let's change gears a little bit, lest you think that all I do is sit around and watch TV and read books. Let's talk about homemaking because what I do when I'm not cooking or sewing or reading books or watching TV is that I'm cleaning. (laughs) So I have been super consistent with the fly lady. And I know I just keep sort of evangelizing the fly lady, which if you've not looked at the fly lady system for years, um, like when, when I was first tuned into it, which was maybe like, I don't know, close to 15 years ago, you got like a million emails every day. And that was like just untenable. That was not a great situation. Now there's an app which is nice if you want to do that. But mostly I've just kind of figured out her system and and made my own paperwork, my own detailed cleaning list to make it work for me. And then I just kind of, you know, I don't really worry about what fly lady's doing. I just have have figured out how to do it. And the key to that, and again, I'm repeating myself if you're a 
if you're a regular listener, is um, I got totally obsessed with this YouTuber named Diane in Denmark. And, you know, I just love all things European. She's in Copenhagen. And just, you know, you get this little taste of Scandinavian life and, and just the way she has her house decorated and stuff. But she's the one that's really, um, if you just kind of watch, she puts out videos like every couple of days. If you just kind of watch what she's doing, um, you can kind of figure out how to make the system work for you. And she's very big on, on explaining that. So that's what I've been doing. And um, I have a confession to make. I used to have a housekeeper that would come once a month. And I got into that, um, you know, I, I've mentioned before that I had breast cancer and I've reconstructive surgery. Well, about, I don't know, it's been five or seven years. I had to have, I have implants and I had to have them replaced. So I had surgery and I wasn't allowed to do really anything for two weeks. I wasn't allowed to lift my hands like above my head or the, the implants like could move and I would have to have another surgery. So it was a very big incentive to really do it. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, my family did not really like rise to the occasion and do the cleaning for me. So when it got to the point where I couldn't stand it, um, I called a housekeeper in and just to do like a one time, just like just catch me back up. And she did such a fabulous job. And she did as just part of her normal cleaning thing, like all these things that I think that I'm going to do you know, like the big things that you think you're going to get to, like the baseboards, vacuuming out the couch and rotating the cushions, cleaning down all the, the fronts of the the kitchen cabinets and, you know, just like very thorough. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I want this. And I definitely was not in the position to afford to get, you know, like an every other week housekeeper. But she's like, you know, I have lots of people that I just come in once a month and kind of do the deep cleaning. And so I, she, I had her for years to do that. And it was really nice because... You know, it's like she just, the house was so clean when she left. And all I had to do was kind of keep up with it a little bit. And then she would come again and magically scrub out the shower and mop all the floors. And it was great. But I've had, you know, I work part-time, freelance, and things got a little dicey. And so I kind of stopped having her come. And and it makes me very sad. Um, but since I have implemented the Fly Lady system where I do once a week, just do an hour of a, just a really quick surface clean, kind of like what I was doing before uh, she came, you know, just, um, they, they call it the weekly home blessing. And I've never thought that it was, they, they got your house clean enough. I'm saying that in quotes. Like that's, was my biggest problem with the fly lady system. Like I can't clean my house in a, in a, in a, in an hour, but I can give it a quick dust and a quick vacuum and a quick mop and because of I'm doing the fly lady systems I don't really have to clean the bathrooms because I'm kind of doing those in a way every day on in a two-minute fashion and um, and kind of the same thing and and then also I can do a, a decent job on the kitchen in 15 minutes so you add those up and it's an hour or so and it's kind of enough and then you pick a zone, you know, whatever zone you're in, and then you do the detail clean. You wipe, you know, you can wash the windows, you can wipe down the shutters, you can do a better job vacuuming, you can do a better job dusting, kind of what my housekeeper was doing once a month anyways. And um, plus, you know, there's time if you're spending 15 minutes a day in your zone, now there's time to wash the dog bed and vacuum out the, the sofa and, you know, just do all those, you know, go through a drawer. And what I'm just really realizing is that, that consistency, it just, it makes such a, a huge difference. And my mindset has changed because I used to want the whole house all clean at once. And I've given up that 
thought because it's never really done. So as much as I want to go, oh, I just want to finish going through all the kitchen cabinets so that the kitchen's done. You know what? By the time, you know, that's going to show up again next month and something else is going to need to be done. I'm going to have to do the refrigerator again. You know, it just it's, it's always ongoing. So I just don't sweat the fact that it's never done anymore. And that has been huge for me. So, you know, I'm glad I put these housekeeping things at the end of the podcast because I should look at the statistics of how many of you drop off because you're not interested in how how I clean my house. But um, anyways, it's really working for me. And I just want to keep kind of, you know, um, encouraging people because I've I definitely had people come back to me and go, you know what, I'm kind of checking the fly lady system out again. And you're right. It's really working for me. So. Um, I'm actually thinking about, and I would love to hear from you guys about, I was thinking about starting a group for the, you know, for a simple handmade everyday group and maybe working in some accountability in there. So if we wanted to do kind of like a, a homemaking accountability or a, um, being, you know, sewing 15 minutes a day thing, it would be a place when we start knitting dishcloths. So let me know if, um, as we finish out this last 90 days of the year, if you'd be interested in maybe naming something that you want to do, and we could use the group to be kind of like as an accountability partner. I just thought of it. It's not well thought out plan, but let me know. And if there's some interest, then I'll, then I'll definitely set that up. Um, let's talk about one, one simple swap. Okay. I have an update on the oil sprayer situation. So, um, while back, I said we switched to like a glass bottle to do instead of like using Pam. And um, and then my husband broke it. And I'm like, I don't care. We're going to do it again because I love it so much. And then I broke it. <laughs> so I've replaced it with, because I'm still obsessed with this idea. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes. There's some plastic bottles that are also, it's just like, you know, almost looks like a cleaner kind of spray bottle, but it's small. And so that's what we've switched to for the oil. And that's working. So yeah, if you are clumsy like me and cannot have things in glass bottles, lest you tip them over, that might be um, a good thing to do. But um, for our one simple swap this um, week, I wanted to talk about, so we've talked about dryer balls and, and getting off a fabric softener. Uh, so dryer balls replace fabric sheets and like a quarter cup of vinegar where you put your fabric softener, I hope I haven't done this one already, um, is like a fabric softener. And your clothes do not smell like vinegar, but it definitely softens them up. And um, so again, fabric softener, fabric sheets, not good for the environment. So a little bit of... Um, vinegar in your wash and dryer balls in um the dryer really help i gotta say i was in trader joe's over the weekend and this old man picks up this thing of dryer balls and says to his wife do you need dryer balls and she's like excuse me <laughs> like they have this big laugh and then i sat in that aisle talking to three people totally evangelizing the use of dryer balls <laughs> at trader joe's so I'm a little, a little um, obsessed. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is um, attitudes about homemaking because I had a little revelation recently. So in our house, we use you know um, stainless steel water bottles, not unusual. And I learned a long time ago that if you keep them filled up with water in your fridge, we have a fridge in the garage, then people will just grab them um, and, as opposed to having to like fill them up. You know, it just, it makes it as handy as having plastic water bottles. So I've done that for years. But what happens is, is the reality is, is that I'm the only person that fills them up. And so if I'm not on it, they, they just sit on our windowsill, you know, they get washed and then they just line up there. And sometimes I just honestly 
resentfully leave them there to see if if that whole windowsill fills up, will anybody think, let me fill those up? The answer is no, they won't. And it can make me kind of, you know, resentful sometimes. But one day, um, I was actually, I was sitting in church when this kind of like hit me. And I thought how sometimes I can have this bad attitude. And I decided to think of filling those water bottles as my water bottle ministry to my family. So my son was in marching band and they have this, they call it the the water lilies. And they go around with water bottles with these little squirty things and they walk up and down the ranks and they squirt water into the kids' mouths because, you know, like in parades or whatever. And I thought that's exactly how I need to think of this. This is my gift to my family. This is my ministry. I'm calling it the water bottle ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of changed how I think of it. I also, as part of my more formalized evening routine, when we're done doing the dishes, which my family totally pitches in on, but when that's done, then I fill up those bottles immediately. I rinse out the sink, kind of shine my sink, fly lady style, and I fill up any bottles and I take them, you know, and put them away immediately. And then I make coffee. And that was another thing is that, you know, we always make coffee at night. And my husband and I, you know, it's like, we, we kind of, I want to say take turns, but it's more like, it's a game of coffee chicken. Like who's going to give in and go make the coffee first tonight? <laughs> so now I've decided, you know what, coffee ministry, water bottle ministry, and just having that sort of difference in my mindset has, has really made a difference. So I don't know if that's useful to you, but I just wanted to share. So sadly, no, um, no reviews, no new reviews to report, nobody to thank. So if you think about it, I would I'd love to read your reviews. Um, and so if you if you feel inspired, please um, review the podcast, maybe share it with a friend. And um, yeah, this is one is running a little bit long. So I'm going to wrap it up. I hope that you are having a great week and that you are enjoying the change of seasons. And uh, I'll see you next time. 